Friday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and subscribe to us wherever you listen. And you've been listening to this show for a while. Come on, give us that five-star review. And as always, we talk judging and MMA. You should learn the scoring criteria. You can find it at abcboxing.com. Dan, we are two straight weeks doing a Friday show because we have two straight weeks of numbered UFC events with awesome cards. Great cards. This one, a little bit more expensive than the last one was, though, because we got that one for free along with our ESPN Plus subscription, and this one going to run $70. Uh, and you know what? And that's why I think I'm not allowed in the arena. No, that's Saturday because night. you chose to go to a comedy show because you're not a real fight fan. Well, they told me I couldn't come into the MSG unless I paid $300. And had we got to pay 70 bucks last week for the, that card, I think I could have got in cheaper. Bro, if, if you love the UFC, you'll give them all your money. Don't you understand that? I give them enough money. Not not enough. I should be invited Never to enough. MSG. I Never be, ever enough. MSG should be like, listen, we really want you in the arena. Here's a free ticket. Well, I don't think they care so much about you doing that. But I do have a credential to go. Uh, although we're still trying to figure out if if uh, if my desk shift, my normal desk shift for a Saturday is covered, so that I can actually get to the arena. We'll we'll figure that out. Hopefully, figure it out by the time you've uh, listening to the show on Friday. Uh, it is now Tuesday. Actually, we're recording this a little early in the week. I've got a full plate uh, as I am. Also covering UFC 268 in New York City, right? Uh, what, about 20 minute bus ride away for me. So I've got uh, I've got a lot on my plate this week. Busy, busy week. Busy week, but it sounds like a really fun week. So. Oh yeah, I mean I'm looking forward to this. This is the first time I've been able to cover the fights, in, whether I'm in the arena or or just media week and that kind of thing. It's been almost two and a half years. Uh, last one I was at was Bellator when they were in New York City in 2019. I, you so. know what? I was in the city that night. I was not at Bellator, though. Uh, and I ran into someone from Sherdog. Who was that? At the hot dog cart. I can't remember the kid's name. Sherdog at yeah. the hot dog cart? That's yeah. interesting. He was. Uh, <laughs> it was after the event, late at late at night. Um, I guess he just got done with all the post, post-fight media stuff. Okay. Uh, this kid with red hair. Curly red hair. I can't. I don't know his name. Kid with curly red hair. This isn't. This is not ringing a bell Definitely, to me. I don't I mean, know. Over, most of these people I've not met in person. Yeah, either, he, so. he had a credential on him. I said, "Who who who are you with?" He said, "I'm with Sherdog." I said, "Oh, that's cool." Okay. So interesting. Well, this being a local show, sir, um, I gotta ask you. Just you know, we've been to some local shows. You and I, local UFCs in particular. What is your favorite memory from, let's say, New York City? So we're talking about Brooklyn, Manhattan, not Long Island. Uh, and New Jersey, of course, right? Our neck in the woods. So right. What's What's your favorite over the years yeah, from the UFC? So I've only been to a MSG show once, uh, and that was Derek Lewis versus DC. Yep, I remember we we uh, we made sure yeah. to make sure we meet up in there. I, I was working that one. Yeah, I never been to a Brooklyn card. I was really looking forward to Khabib Tony in Brooklyn. I think I would have been at that one. Oh, you should have gone. Uh, yeah, I totally. Should. <laughs> you really should have gone. It's <laughs> a good card. Wait, where'd everybody go? No one's here. Oh. <laughs> Guess the fight got canceled. Uh, but my favorite would have to be John Jones, UFC 128, destroying Shogun Hua. Because at that moment, John Jones was still looked upon very favorably in the public eye. Okay. So, uh, yeah, and the, the day early in the morning before that fight, he stopped a robbery in Patterson, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. This is so, this was the narrative. Although, 
I mean, you start to kind of wonder how much of this was all just made up along the way now. That knowing what we know about John Jones, like, can we can we trust anything that sounded positive? Or, or... Would Greg Jackson corroborate it, though? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't I don't want to say one way or the other. But honestly, the whole thing just it now seems a lot more suspicious than it did. But I remember I was eating it up. I mean, we all thought it was great. I, I remember writing something. I was over at my uh, my, my local newspaper at the time, the uh, the New Jersey Herald up in Sussex County, New Jersey, out in the boonies uh, where the Miller brothers live. And I just remember thinking and I wrote something for uh, the blog that I had at the time uh, that I thought this was guy. This guy was just going to be a major star. And sure enough, he kind of has been i mean he's, he's certainly one of the biggest stars the ufc's had for the last 10 years or so but didn't quite develop the same way we expected it to more, more infamous yeah, yeah he's very infamous now and he keeps on making it worse i mean even even on the most triumphant night mm-hmm. of his uh possibly of his career as far as a non-competitive thing he got honored with the ufc hall of fame for his fight against alexander gustafson and he allegedly uh, has a domestic dispute with his uh, longtime fiance, who he continues to not marry, uh, although he has kids with. And uh, yeah, so now we're here, and uh, well, John Jones is kind of a mess. I don't want to dwell on that, though. We're not, we're not really talking about that. Uh, I would say that that fight, though, definitely was one of the the most my most favorite moments mm. uh, from being in the arena. But I, there was something about the first time I went because all these other ones I I went uh, as media. And the one time I went as a fan in this area was when it was UFC 111. You were there too. I was there. I yeah. You were there. Uh, we didn't know each other at that point. And just being there as a fan, I think, was just really cool. That was my very first experience being in the arena. Uh, I was very into MMA back then. Like, it was all like, you know hardcore fan and like really diving into the sport and everything like that and not not as disenfranchised by everything now mm. <laughs> in certain respects I still look I, I still love the sport I still love mixed martial arts but anytime you cover something a sport whatever you you think about it on a different level than kind of the average person does you kind of have to if you're going to take your job seriously and and yeah, it gets a little harder to to love everything but it's still nice to think back to cheering up there. I was with my buddy, uh, my buddy Yan, or excuse me, Yan. I don't know why I'm saying Yan because Peter Yan, I guess probably. All my picks last week were, by the way, I was, I was, uh, I was on Jan Blahovich and Peter Yan, and uh, and then I was talking to my buddy Yan, whose birthday was last week, and I told him, "Oh yeah, I'm all about the Yans this week." He's like, "My man." <laughs> but anyway, I went with him, and that was a lot of fun. So it was just a great memory being there overall. But. Yeah, I think probably the fight-wise, John Jones, that one. It just it, yeah. it was the coronation of a of a new era for the light heavyweight division. He brought balance to the force in the same way Darth Vader did, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but there is something about being there in person. Like it, it doesn't matter what fight's happening when that music hits and the two guys show up on the big screen of whatever the next fight is after you just had a fight, and then there it's like a ten minute lull between fights, and then that graphic hits with the music you just get excited doesn't even care who who's to, who the two are fighting and that first time so. uh, you see the bob o'reilly oh, uh, montage it's fantastic it, it just it, there's something very special about that and i don't know why cuz it's just a video package right it is, and it's just it's a just... song that we've been hearing it, it, it's not even a new song it's, it's far from a new song but it's it's obviously a classic song which makes it even more so but it's just like the combination of these two things it's just whoever thought of that along the way and i'm not sure what uh person on the I production team updated. thought of it it's just fantastic yeah, they do yeah. add, they add footage here and there i'm sure they take it away of course too but man i if i'm able to get in the arena on saturday 
and I I hope to, you know, hopefully hopefully we can arrange the schedules and make it work. Uh, and then you know, I, I really look forward to stuff like that. That's going to be cool. Also, when they're like, all right, we're going, you know, Bruce Buffer's like, we're going live on pay-per-view yeah. in like two minutes. And then the arena goes black and then it plays where, you know, the fighter's face shows up out of just the black and they're talking about the fight. Mm-hmm. Then the opponent comes up. I missed that that opening. Yeah, I don't, I don't I wish that they still kind of did a version of that to, to a degree. I mean, it's the new one they do is cool. You know, Ron Perlman doing the voice and everything like yeah, that. But there was something have... about kind of the classic feel. So maybe it's just nostalgia. Who knows? Um, before we go on to kind of the other stuff we want to, we're going to do for the show, we're going to do a past judgment. Uh, I also want to ask, going back to the fact that we did have a, a show last week, 267, great card, couple title fights just like this one coming up. Which of these two cards, forget the price, which of these two is more interesting top to bottom? Well, I like this one from a... Personal, personal standpoint. Why is not that? Not because not not so much as an interest standpoint, mm-hmm. but I mean, I can't get enough Frank Edgar. Oh, of course. Ally Quinta guys. is a is always fun. I just want to see him rage. And Phil Haas is on the card. It's a, a Bergen County guy, guy right around here, North Jersey. Uh, I mean, I'm really excited for Usman Covington. That that's that's a was a great first fight. Uh, I love Thug Rose. You know, Jay- she's very popular Justin in this Gaethje. area, especially. She's had a lot of yeah. great fights here. Uh, Justin Gaethje and, and Mike Chandler it's going to be fireworks so I, I like this one better but I think last week had more interest uh, fight wise I guess okay like uh, I, I think you know what I'm trying to say like everyone wants to see how Hamzat's, Hamzat's going to do against a ranked competitor mm-hmm. uh, you know Peter Yan's you know coming back see how, how he's doing against Corey Sanhagen against Corey Sanhagen rise to the occasion stuff like that but I do think 268 is actually top to bottom the better card. I think it has the the deeper quality of of kind of elite fighters in this one, and then mixed with some very interesting um, prospects and debuts and that kind of thing. So there there is, I think, even more intrigue to this one. Not by much, certainly not to make up the difference between if you were trying to decide your money wise. But we're trying to leave that out of the equation. Just measure these on on. In, in in an all equal pay world, which one is is a little more interesting? And I do think this one is more interesting. So it's good that this is the one they're paying for. But some people disagreed. I mean, I I, I kind of saw some debate over it. it was like which which one's better, two sixty seven or two sixty eight? Some people said sixty seven was. You you uh, I mean, you seem well, to almost be of two minds. My my thing is, if if I had to choose one, I can only watch one. I'm watching two sixty eight. Okay. All right. Yeah, uh, I think I probably would too. But yeah, that good thing we don't have to make that choice no we don't absolutely not um but you know that that's enough of that i think we can move into past judgment for this one because you know we like to do these past judgments on uh on our preview uh events now we've we've been doing that less uh on the show in general but last week of course we didn't do a past judgment because of pfl pfl's done ain't gonna be back for a little while so we got a past judgment here and and it's perfect because despite the fact that we've even done a few fights in the past with fights that did not go the distance. We never did touch upon Kamaru Usman and Colby Covington, which went 24 minutes and 10 seconds before it was stopped. So this is really kind of a, an interesting one to go back to and do past judgment, even all five rounds for it. And you got to do it uh, right before they're going to have their rematch, right? Yeah, this was a good one to do. So, you know, before we do, it's been a little bit. Why don't we go over how we score fights in past judgment, our our CSJ criteria. What What, what is it for yeah. people? It, it's been a while. Um but the CSJ criteria is basically the same as the ABC criteria, which, as we mentioned at the top of the show, is available at abcboxing.com. Like certified judges, we score rounds based on the three Ds, damage, dominance, and duration, but we just made a few key changes. 10-9 round is a competitive round, which neither fighter checks one of the three Ds by a large margin. 
A 10-8 can be considered for just 1D, but should definitely be given when 2Ds are achieved. And a 10-7 is available for checking off 2Ds, but must be given for all three. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide for more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. Okay, Scott. Set it up. Covington Usman won. We are going all the way back to, what? Oh, just a little less than two years ago, actually. USC 245. This was the headliner of a totally stacked card. I mean, this was a fantastic card, uh, and it totally lived up to the billing, too. Three title fights. Um, big grudge match here at T-Bowl Arena in Las Vegas on December 14, 2019. Usman came into this one 32 years old. He's 15-1. and one. He was making his first title defense after decimating Tyron Woodley over five rounds in the title to, to win the title, excuse me, nine months earlier. He had not lost since his second fight as a pro, so he's on a 14-fight winning streak, but only two of his 10 UFC victories over the last four years before this one were inside the distance, so he was not really uh, known as much of a finisher at this point. The last one had come actually two years earlier by first-round knockout. Of Sergio Marais. And for some reason, this fight stuck out, the the Marais fight, because it was, we were watching it at a restaurant, my buddy and I, after the infamous Canelo Triple G first fight, uh, th which is basically the fight that destroyed Adelaide Bird's reputation with a lot of uh, fight fans. Um, I never saw that fight. Really? No. You should go back and watch it. It's a good fight. All right. it, it, look, people remember for the scoring and the fact that it was a draw, and, and realistically at the time... I thought that it was a pretty clear win for Triple G, but regardless, we're not going to dwell on that. It's a good fight, and it's worth watching, and it's okay. unfortunate the scoring has overshadowed it over the years, but um, I digress. Covington, he's only 31 at this point, also 15-1, though. Same record, although I believe Usman is credited at 16-1 or something like that because they do they always give the uh, like the, the semifinal fight in the Ultimate Fighter house. They say tend to credit for the UFC's... Uh, MMA record, it, it, it doesn't matter. We're going by uh, what everybody else got. 15-1. He'd won seven in a row at this point and 10 of 11 in the UFC. So, very impressive record. Uh, he'd been the interim champ, of course, the year before this, but was stripped over not fighting when the UFC wanted pretty much uh, just three months later. So, it was kind of a useless interim title fight. The last win he had was just four months before this championship fight against Usman over Robbie Lawler in Newark, New Jersey. I was at a wedding for this one, I, so I could not attend. I forget why I wasn't there. I know I wasn't there, though. Yeah, I, I was going to cover it. I would have covered it, but it was a, a, a um, my wife's good friend was getting married. Uh, my wife was in the wedding. My son was the ring bearer. Plus, weddings um, are fun. So, oh, Weddings are fun. I'm, I'm yeah. glad I went. You know, I have no regrets. But I definitely, after the ceremony was over, I pulled up my phone and, and watched. I, I think I watched like the last four rounds of it. Okay. I got I it was because it was an afternoon one, if you recall. Right. Yeah, this was the middle of the day. That's probably why I yeah. couldn't go because I didn't want to take off work. That sounds I was right. working Saturdays. That's yeah, fair. that's fair. Uh, the judges for this one, no one cares about what wedding I went to and not. Um, also, by the way, uh, Camaro, uh, excuse me, uh, Covington, his last five wins were by decision too. So we're not talking about either guy coming in with a reputation for finishing fights. A lot. The expectations was this would go for a while, and sure enough, it did. The judges here, Derek Cleary, Eric Cologne. And Sal D'Amato and the referee, Mark Goddard. Dan, let's dive into round one here. What is happening? I thought it was a pretty close round. I thought definitely early, Usman's landing pretty good, and Kobe is missing a lot, I thought. And then it's around the halfway mark of the round, Kobe starts finding, you know, a home for his punches. And I thought he landed some really solid shots. Usman was a little wobbly at times from a couple of them. 
Uh, I thought Usman landed a couple good ones to the body, but ultimately I'm scoring it for Covington 10-9. Usman had decent body work, I, I would say, and it, it certainly seemed to have paid dividends later on mm-hmm. uh, as we you know watched the fight and we've been able to watch this fight over again. This is obviously hindsight being what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I actually thought Covington had a pretty solid round overall. I really did. Um, And, and the fact that he did not rock Usman, but but certainly had him, you know, right. he got me, sure, mm-hmm. for real. Um, The most impactful, effective striking was coming from Covington, so I went with him. I, I thought it was a, a very close but clear, nonetheless. Okay. So I think we're united here. The judges all had it, 10-9 Covington. No, no, uh, no drama here, easy. No drama. He's got a lead, Uh, much to my chagrin because I'm not a Covington <laughs> fan. <laughs> it's, it's been clear on this show before. I'm not, he's not my favorite guy. Uh, Round two. Dan, is the, there's I'm probably even closer, right? I thought this round was razor thin. Yeah. Uh, I thought Covington was doing really well most of the round. I thought he stung Usman really good early. Again, had him a little wobbly. But Usman's keeping pace. He's landing some of his own uh, good shots. And I think he wins the round in the final 20 seconds. He Why la- is that? He lands a, a nice uppercut, which gets a good reaction out of Colby. And then he hits him with two really solid body shots that I thought hurt Colby and kind of made him like kind of turtle up, you know, protect his body and, and back off and, and not attack. So that's why I went 10-9 Usman. Yeah, I actually went the opposite of you. I saw this one for Covington. But, it, I mean, like you said, it's razor, razor close. This is this is such a hard round to parse through because there's a lot of volume. Anytime you get a lot of volume from both guys, and I believe the numbers were one of them landed 40 strikes, one of them landed 41 significant strikes for whatever they're <laughs> worth, you know. Everyone knows my opinion on significant to insignificant or whatever the hell it is. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we're talking about a high volume, one strike difference but on these numbers here. Very hard to kind of figure because you've got so much here. Who's landing more effectively than the other mm-hmm. over the course of it? So I think it's very easy to open this up to interpretation. And I did see Covington landing a little bit more effectively throughout with like you said a little bit right. more notice up to upstairs there but you know Usman's body work it, again it's 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 there and as we learn later it's more effect it does pay off at least to mm-hmm. some effect right um and this one really hurt to give to Covington because of my feelings but I did <laughs> give it to him I have it 20 to 18 for him uh you've got it tied now 19 yes. apiece uh the judges here this is where they're split too and, and understandably why Judges uh, Cologne and D'Amato, they saw this one 10-9 for Covington, as I did, so I was in the majority here. Uh, you were with the out judge, Derek Cleary, and you both have it 19 apiece, like I said. Uh, and, uh, yeah, some of the, the majority, though, they have Covington up now, two rounds to none. All right. Now we move into round three, and I think this is this is start this is where we start to see there's a little bit uh, more slanting in one direction than the other. Yeah, I think I think this kind of this helps my score. Of the previous round, the way Colby comes out, and he has so much less volume this round. Yeah. So, well, actually, you know, it's right. not even volume because he's still throwing. See, he's I, just missing a lot. At least early, at early, I, I didn't think he was throwing that much. Okay. And you know, till he, I, I think he, you know, finally starts feeling ready to go. I thought Osman was landing. Well, I, I butchered Usman. Osman so bad. I don't even know how that came out. I didn't even make a typo here. That's all right. <laughs> I thought he was landing pretty good to the body again. Uh, the final minutes where Colby started to turn it on, he landed a couple good ones, but I think this is the best round for Usman so far. So I got ten nine him. Yeah, I have ten nine Usman. I think that's this is not a controversial score uh, in any way. All three judges headed that way too. But uh, yeah, I mean to to what I was saying before about the the number of strikes being thrown at the end of the round, I think they have almost identical strikes thrown. It's just a matter of how many are landing, and and Usman's landing almost half of them, and and Covington landed, I think, like. 
eight or nine or something like that. He really, okay. we're out of 50 or so. So we're talking okay. about a, it's not that accuracy is the way to measure who did better in the round, but that tells the tale of the fact that what we really saw was Covington was on the outside too much. He really just didn't have his, his, uh, his distance down. He's throwing a lot of punches from too far away, I think. Yeah, That's what I, I saw. I, it could be. I mean, you got to gotta get in a little bit to land the body. So maybe he was trying to stay on the outside a little further I, because of that. So I think, yeah, I think maybe he was a little leery of getting inside if, if we're going to play psychology there. But uh, nonetheless, that's, that's not what we score. We score effective offense, and Usman was definitely the more effective offense, but no more than a 10-9. This is just a, a solid square 10-9 for Usman. So I now have it 29-28 for Covington. You have it 29-28 for Usman. Since all three judges saw it for Usman, just as we did, we now have 29-28 scores for everybody on the judges' team, too. Cologne and DeMotto have it for Covington. Cleary has it for Usman. Talking about a really good fight here going into the championship rounds. Yeah, this, was, this, was a, this was a good fight. And I do think it actually so. heats up, too. Like it, it actually starts to kind of gain momentum from here. And in this round, by the way, I don't think we actually mentioned it, but I believe round three is the round where Covington broke his jaw, right? Well, this week he didn't break his jaw, even though he he says I think my jaw is. He's been saying this so, forever. So he he's maintained that he didn't break his jaw. It's just revisionist history. <laughs> Broken jaw or not, he got smashed with with a good one this this round. So one thing you left out actually in both your descriptions of round two and round three. Round two oh, was I where we had where we had some fouls, yeah. you know, fouls that <laughs> had to be stopped the fight for. So yeah. uh, there was a low kick in round two. We'll go back where Usman absorbed. Uh, Questionable. I, it's a. It's questionable because we don't have a very great angle uh, as far as what degree he was hit by a low blow uh, of a kick from Covington. It's very hard to tell. It's in the vicinity. It's in the vicinity, uh, but literally any time that it seemed like there was a potential for Covington to not do everything by the book, even if it was unintentional, he just couldn't believe it. It was it was LeBron James. <laughs> it was Tom Brady. Anytime they get called for anything, he went into that mode. It's like, what are you talking about? How could it possibly be? <laughs> so they stopped it in round two for that uh, that low blow there. Round three is where we had uh, an accidental uh, rake of the eye from Covington to Usman again. So this is stopped. And he, of course, couldn't believe it there either. It was clear that the eyes went into the eyes, although or the fingers went into the eyes. But it did. See, it was kind of you were wondering which eye it really went it into. because they. Yeah. It looked like the fingers went into Usman's left eye. But they were checking Usman's right eye. I don't think there was anything fishy there. I, I he got it looked like he got yeah. raked in the eye. I mean, it looks like there was a extend. Anytime you extend the fingers, it's actually a foul. So it, you know he still can't do it. But he just everything was a warning. Took a break, and, and it is what it is. And then Colby even took a timeout. He did. He and did. And and Mark Goddard pulled them both. And guys, listen, no more timeouts. Just <laughs> Stop with the shenanigans, right? <laughs> but but you were you were saying as we were watching it together that you thought. That it was that last punch and that last flurry in round three where Covington had his jaw broken when he was when he pointed to his when eye. he poked his eye right because I mean they cut off the replay but he immediately oh when he when he thought his eye was poked right he it immediately really wasn't grabs his yeah. eye mm-hmm. but, I mean it, clear as day he's getting punched right in yeah, in yeah. The, jaw, the fingers so. are closed it's no there's no drama here but yeah that was when it looked like he got maybe his jaw broken during that kind of sequence right yeah. Uh, Allegedly had his jaw broken. He had his jaw broken. We know. Uh, he didn't say anything for weeks. <laughs> round four, another really close round here, right? This was another close round, yeah. I think Colby landed the higher impact, impactful shots. Both landing were uh, a good amount, but Colby's shots were the ones that were kind of stopping Usman from countering. 
and kind of stumbled him a little bit where Usman's landing the shots that are backing Colby away, but doesn't appear that he's being hurt by them. He's getting backed away, but I think it's more of a power versus volume, even though the volume is kind of close. It's just about equal, so, too. You go by the numbers, too, same thing. So I'm, I'm on Covington here, 10-9. I also saw it for Covington tonight. I thought he came back pretty well, especially, I mean, he obviously knew there was something to miss with his jaw. So to fight that way, it was obvious that he, he's like, all right, I got to press this. He I had think that wild flurry early. Mm-hmm. That, that's, he landed a few in that. So. Yeah, I think as close as I think this round was, and I do think you can make an, a, a case for Usman, I did think this was a Covington round. So I have it 39-37 now for Covington. And you have it 38-38. Yes, Tie going into round four, or excuse me, round five. Uh, the judges, though, we actually did a bit of a couchside override here, which I'm not going to do the horn. You know, we, we saved that for contested rounds. Uh, Derek Cleary and Eric Cologne, they had Usman winning this round. It was Sal D'Amato who saw it the same as you and I did. And actually, mm. I, I basically have the same scorecard as Sal D'Amato. So. Okay. Um, it is all judges having different scores at this point. Eric Cologne has it 38 all, just like you, although you guys got there in different ways. Okay. You, you actually have opposite cards, but you end up at the same place. Uh, so between the three judges and you, you all saw every combination of rounds. <laughs> it was two a really close fight. It was really sure. a fun fight, a close fight. And it wasn't a close fight because both guys weren't fighting. I mean, these guys were really going for this it. Was so. a, this really was like a very classic fight. Like, I, I, I don't know that it gets talked about as an all time classic the way it probably ought to, honestly. Like, like, like last week, Yan and San Hagen were give, like, they were like, oh, instant classic. And I didn't really see that in there. It's a good fight. It was good, a good, solid fight. fight. I, I, I don't want to knock it, but I don't think it's in, instant classic status. No, I don't think so I, either. I think this one deserves, you know, higher on the, on the, 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 the pecking order. One day we're so. going to have to go, go back and actually do this. And list our fights, right? Because we, yeah. just, you know, you can throw out a billion things and say, "Oh, that's a top ten best fight of all time." But if you say fifteen fights, it doesn't really mean anything, does it? Right. So we'll have to figure that out one day. But the, back to the scores here: Derek Cleary has it thirty-nine thirty-seven for the champ, and thirty-nine thirty-seven for Colby comes from Sal D'Amato. So what we're looking at here is a split draw through four rounds. All hinging on Eric Cologne. Really, Eric Cologne is the score that only that's the only one that matters. <laughs> as long as it's not some sort of 10-8 situation. But and that is where we leave these scorecards. We don't know how the judges would see this round because it was, of course, a stoppage in round five. What happens in round five that we get there? R- round five, I-, I thought Colby was winning most of the round. Uh I thought Usman kind of was not really throwing that much uh or landing anything really all that impactful offensively. Uh, and then he did. So, <laughs> Until he did. <laughs> so I mean, but for like the first like three minutes, it was all Covington, I think. And I mean, not not in a in a blowout manner. Sure, but he's he's leading the dance. Yes, he's uh, he's on his way to what looks like potentially a victory, depending on yeah. how uh, Judge Cologne sees it. So I mean, but then Usman lands that solid right that you know snaps his head back and, and backs him all the way against the cage, and it's like okay, now he's kind of like you know shuffling away. Trying to regret, regroup, but and from there, you know, it's just Usman trying to get him, dropped him. Kobe pops right back up, gets dropped again, and then Usman swarms hammer fist from from the turtle until it's stopped. Strange, because in the middle of of this sequence, I say, "When do we stop judging?" <laughs> you did. I was like, I "You did." So I mean, this was it, it stop. You know, judging around that gets stopped is kind of weird. No, uh, I understand. I understand, but I didn't want to go ten seven mm-hmm. because I'm really only checking damage. And I, I didn't want to give a 10-7 on something 
without the second D, at least to a, to a small degree. But, sir, you don't have to do that because what we have is is a near finishing sequence. Right. And I, I also didn't think that the damage was that. I think it. I mean, technically, we actually have a finishing right, sequence. We have, if we're getting right, really yeah, down. I know. Though, but, I, I know. But yeah, I mean, if we just treat it as saved by the bell, we still have a near finishing sequence. We have near finishing, but does that. I don't. I mean. I like getting at least a second one there in our scoring because we're going we're losing two points. So I don't think the damage was all that uh, diminishing. Where that's the only one you needed. But again, this is just so weird of a round to score. No, I get finished, it. The, the, so. the idea of uh, this is obviously a strange exercise we're doing, right? I understand that. But so I'm only on ten eight Usman. But the reason I thought that we could do this round in particular was because of the the controversial. Look, it shouldn't be controversial. I don't think it's that crazy a stoppage. It's, I thought the stoppage was fine. Yeah, I had no problem with the stoppage from, from Mark Goddard as much as Colby has a, a huge well, problem I mean, with it. Well, and the he reason... crazy created beef with, with Mark Goddard. Well, which, the... you know, Goddard, for his part, is trying to be professional about it. Well, but... here's the thing. Colby's upset because he feels he wasn't that hurt. And I would agree to an extent that he's not that hurt. But if it kept going, he would have been that hurt. So... And he's also not answering. He's, he's safe. You know, he's not, yeah. he's not he's responding. It's not intelligent defense. Could could it have been let go further? Sure. If if uh, Vyacheslav Kissel is in there, this fight is never being stopped. <laughs> this. <laughs> so you know maybe maybe Colby is uh, lobbying to get that Russian guy back in <laughs> there this weekend. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's happening. I don't think they're importing him from abroad for this one or ever again. Um, <laughs> that would be something. That <laughs> would be something. No, I, honestly, I I really don't see a, anything controversial about going in our system ten seven here. Uh, which would be, you know, more or less a 10-8 in the typical ABC scoring. Because, again, we do have a near-finishing sequence, which, yeah, again, it's an actual finishing sequence. But we are treating the the uh, the stoppage from Mark Goddard as a save-by-the-bell kind of situation because we do have more than four minutes of action. It makes it a very interesting round that we can kind of evaluate on its own. So that's why I thought it would be good. It's it's a little different when you have, like, a, a comeback situation. I think this would have been a hard round to evaluate if, like with, when we did a few weeks ago, actually, mm. or a couple months ago, when we did Anderson Silva and Chael Sonnen. Right. That was a hard one for us to do, I think, because the round was still not necessarily going one way or the other, but then all of a sudden you have this kind of like lightning quick situation and uh, and it just changes in, in kind of the drop of a hat where I mean, Silva comes back and wins the, the round. But I think you can kind of say this is like, all right, he's he's landing. It's it's not like he's totally knocked out. You know, that this was this was up to the referee to stop it. And imagine if it were just saying, no, the ref jumped in to stop the round. So for this exercise, which, you know, we're, we're not taking it too seriously here because it doesn't no. matter. Um, I do think you can say, yes, this is a near finishing sequence. We have we have high damage situation. There's a problem here for Covington. He's not in good shape. He's knocked down twice, and not that the, that's what counts, but he's not in good shape. I, I think you can go the 10-7. I think it's totally fair. I don't have a problem with it. It's just It was just so strange of a round to get there 10-7 for me. Because I even though I know what we're doing, we're saying, oh, pretend the round stopped at four minutes in, in 10 seconds. That's when the bell went off. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I would I mean, bet. I don't hate the 10-7. I'm just sure. saying it's just... It's tough. The way I look at this round, too, is... Plus, I got other stuff in my head real quick. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's I, in your head? I, I had just read a book, and I haven't confirmed this, but, I mean, uh, supposedly, you know, Big John McCarthy has a, a scale of, of knockdowns, and knockdowns where you're able to break your fall with, with both hands or one hand don't score as highly as a knockdown where you, where you have no control over your body and you just go down. Yeah. And Covington did break both, so I don't know if that's in my head. I gotta, I gotta confirm with with with, with some, what book is this from? Tell me. Uh, this was uh, Guillermo Bravo's. Uh, I forget the name of the book. Something about judging. Something about judging. 
Uh, yeah, I, I wish I knew the name. Come on, pull that up. Yeah, we should do pull that up. We got if you're gonna read the book and we're gonna talk about, it, I think we gotta we gotta cite this book, sir. Uh, in the hands of the judges, a cage side perspective on MMA judging. Right, right, right. Okay, so yeah, I, I actually purchased that book as well. Uh, at some point, we're actually gonna really talk about that book because I I haven't read it. You just read it finally. Um, Quickly. we're not going to do it this week, but yeah, it's short. How many pages? Like 77 70, pages, 75 pages. Yeah. Now, yeah something yeah, like so. that came out a couple years ago, actually like, like eight months before this fight incidentally. Um, but yeah, one of the top judges in, in Brazil, in uh, South America is, is Guillermo Bravo. He sometimes does judge up this way as well. Yeah. I mean, it's it, Guillermo, I believe I'm, I'm, I might be, we might be saying his name. It's an interesting book. I just want to, you know, get, get the consensus on a couple things. Sure. About what was written in there. So yeah, some of them, some of the things that you were saying from this book don't necessarily jive with everybody's understanding of the ten, of the, uh, yeah, the ABC yeah. criteria. So it's, you know, sure. It's certainly reasonable to kind of find that out, but yeah, I mean, maybe that, maybe there's just something stuck in your head about that. I honestly, you can't just go by how their hands land. I mean, there's too many complications. Well, to right. It, no, I, I understand. I'm just saying, like, okay, so he wasn't really that hurt because, you know, he was able to break his own fall, but he still got knocked down. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and he got finished. So, I mean, you can't hate a 10-7 in a round someone gets finished. Yeah. But it's weird. It's just a weird weird, weird round. Tough one for me to, to get there, but I'm, I'm okay with it. I don't want to put words in the, in the mouths of these judges because I don't know how they would feel about it, and I, you know. They're still for 50 seconds in this fight that they didn't get to evaluate. But mm. if I was to guess, just based on the way top judges tend to evaluate these rounds, if I'm the guess, I think they're probably all going 10-8 as long as the round continues in similar fashion where, where Covington is essentially just holding on. Colby rolls to his back. He rolls to his to... back. He turtles. Maybe he you know weathers the storm, but he doesn't do anything more. Let's just pretend yeah. that for 50 okay. seconds it's more or less like that. I think we're talking about a 10-8 round. And it doesn't yeah. really, I mean, either way, we're still talking about a situation where it would be impossible for Judge Cologne to give this round to Covington. So right. we know that bare minimum, Usman wins a split decision, but it could be a majority decision depending on the 10-8 situation coming from uh, Judge D'Amato. Yep. It was probably a majority in, in one way or the other. Majority draw. Majority. No, 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 there wouldn't be any majority draw here. Oh, oh uh, D'Amato was on. We're either talking about a split decision win for Usman, or we're talking about a majority decision win. Because if D'Amato, who was down, who had uh, Colby down oh, two points, oh, I got you, I got you. If he I gives the ten eight, that's a draw. The other two guys are still giving it gotcha, to Usman. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 exactly. We're on the same page. Gotcha. But uh, for, for our final scores here, where you and I land, uh, you had to get the the you again had the ten eight for Usman, so you've got forty eight forty six for him, and I had. 10-7 for Usman, so that gave him a 47-46 victory. Narrow one. He got he was basically down two points on my card and able to surge ahead for the win. Really close. And I like that. I like this is this is a situation where I feel like, again, if the fight actually did go to the judges' scorecards, that our system would award the winner correctly. Yeah, there's there's more opportunity there. That's how I see so. it. I like our system. I just like more freedom for the judges is really all it is. <laughs> I just want them to have more scores available. I don't yeah. think that's so bad. Um, maybe maybe there's, maybe that's not the most popular, but that's okay. But this was obviously, past judgment is just for fun, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's move on to uh, actually looking at UFC 268 itself and the rematch between Usman and Covington. 170-pound title fight once again. Covington has only fought once since this time. Usman's been a defending active champion, probably as as happy as you could be with a UFC champion, the way they tend to fight, right? He's doing good. He's I fun. mean, well, he, okay, 
as far as activity activity wise yes i hate that george mosfidal got a rematch of <laughs> such a dominant loss uh and i like mosfidal but i mean there was no reason to the, to do that fight again hey, but it ended uh, up being pretty fun didn't it yeah for how long did it last not very i think i got to round two right am i am i mistaken and blast maybe it was round I, three I, I th- no it was round two it definitely was round two so. mm-hmm. and then yeah usman just destroys him with a punch i mean that was that was amazing that was one of the. I think that for me still sits as the knockout of the year, just because of the stage it was on and the fact that it was you know against this guy who people view as having like the best, you know, some of the best boxing and mixed martial arts and that kind of thing. And, and and yeah, I was always in the clout that he wasn't a top five welterweight. He you know kind of talked his way there. He is in fact ranked, uh, I believe, six in the stupid UFC rankings right now. So as but stupid I, mean, as I, they I are. like Masvidal. I just don't think he's really that high up. At Walter Wade, so. but we're not talking about Masvidal. I know. Come on, let's I get know. back to Covington well, in this br- fight. You, what do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I know, brought I know. up the activity, and I, 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 I appreciate that he actually fights. So. Of course, of course, and that's all I was really getting at. But yeah, yeah I mean, look at this fight. How, what do you think happens here? What's your pick? Are you pumped oh, for this one man. at all? I mean, I know I it's am, a rematch, I, but I am this is interesting this I mean, because obviously this fight was so good. The last fight. I think we see a similar fight. Uh, I don't know if anyone's going to change their strategy, and you know, I think both guys think they improved their striking to the point where. You know, they're both really, really good grapplers, so let's use a better striker, I guess. And I think they both think that they've improved a lot since this fight. We don't know because Covington just beat up Tyron Woodley. More than a year ago. So And Woodley's just been a punching bag to every, right. to so, everybody from top MMA fighters to Jake Paul. Yeah, so I mean I'm thinking I'm thinking Usman wins again, maybe slightly more convincingly, but I think we have a similar fight. I think Usman's going to look like a man on fire, dude. I, I think it's going to be a lot similar to the way the difference between Masvidal 1 and Masvidal 2 was. Okay. I'm not saying necessarily that it's just going to be a knockout or something like that, but I, I think he's going to, I think his striking has looked a lot better in recent fights. I think he's evolving as a fighter. I don't know how much better Covington is because we haven't seen him. And that I think is part of the problems. He's, he's, he's not training with ATT anymore. You know, that's a big deal. Who is his camp now? MMA Masters, I believe. Okay. I don't think that's a bad one. I think I've heard that name. But, I mean, it's still not AT- ATT. is is one of the tops, well, yeah. you know? And then, of course, we have Kamaru Usman, who's moved on since that fight to be training with uh, Trevor Whitman. And no offense to Henry Hooft, of course, but I look at Trevor Whitman as, as that, probably the premier th- coach in mixed martial arts, at, at least potentially one of the best. I think that's more... more, uh, more in favor of, of, of the fight going for Usman. That's exactly, than, yeah. Than, uh, than Covington not being at ATT. So I think it's the whole combination of everything. It, it, it's it's every piece of the puzzle. But yeah, I, I'm sure Trevor Whitman has, has fine-tuned the striking and, and really made him even more sharp. I think we've seen it. Obviously, they've seen the results between uh, uh, the Burns fight earlier this year and then the Masvidal fight earlier this year. He's, he's looked great. I think we're on our way to seeing Usman lock up fighter of the year just so clearly and easily that it, it's beyond reproach that he's the fighter of the year. Because it'll be three and zero with with potentially uh, three finishes or at least two dominoes. But I think he's gonna I think he's gonna dominate Covington no matter what. I don't think it's gonna be as interesting a fight. I think it's just gonna be we're gonna be watching and marveling at man. Look at this guy. He's something. I'm going with Usman decision. And even though I said it's gonna be more impressive, it's because I I don't think it's gonna be as close. But I think it's gonna be as fun. I think I'm going to say Usman decision, but again, I think it's going to be a lot more lopsided. I think we're talking about okay. potential 50-45 kind of situation. I, I don't want to say there's 10-8s in there. I don't, I don't think that's, I don't want to go that route, but I do think we're going to have a much more clear 
victory is all I'm going to say. We will see. It's mm-hmm. an interesting fight. Then, of course, we have uh, the other title fight is another rematch because, hey, rematch is a plenty. Uh, <laughs> this one a lot more immediate because Rose Namajunas is defending the belt that she just won from Zhang Weili against Zhang Weili. Yeah, this is also really strange booking because it was, I mean, first round knockout. So, but it was also, and this is something that I know was a bugaboo for for Wei Li. She was telling me about this last week. She just feel like she doesn't, she didn't get the chance to get going at all. It's it's almost very similar to the way, at least I and I think you may even too view the Conor McGregor against Jose Aldo fight, where it's like. We didn't really see anything. There was kind of just there was a little bit of strikes in it, and then one head kick, and it was over. Boom. Right. I I get that on her perspective, but from you know, a and that's you know part of that sour grapes. A, a bookmaker's perspective is like, well, you still got knocked out. It's not our fault you couldn't get going. So it's kind of strange that they 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 just get to run it back right away. But I mean, who else at one fifteen would be ahead of her? I guess because it, it seems like Yoana's not fighting. So. Well, you certainly wouldn't want to put Carla Esparza in there because you are not a big fan of her, and that—that's really the next person. So yeah, so give me Young, uh, Zhang Wiley, take her all <laughs> See, day. There you go. Now you got all this. day. <laughs> um, and actually, I—I I want to say that Wiley is just a little bit of a favorite, like an ever so slight favorite in this fight too. I'm not sure. Yeah, probably one. Of those I'm not rare sure. Times these the these lines are gonna move. Uh, I'm sure. So we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I, I think I will take Rose in this one and I do think she's going to get another finish but I think we're going to have more of a fight I think it'll be interesting I think Wei Li will land uh, but I'll go third round TKO I'm going to go with Rose getting the finish as well second round knockout okay okay and then of course this is not a title fight but not that it's being looked at I think ahead of the championship fight here but maybe for some people it is Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler going at it 155 these are just a couple of wild men who Look, is it going to last four minutes? I don't I don't know. <laughs> this is one of those fights where, you know, everyone expects it doesn't get past the first round. And then we just have a three-round war. Could be a three-round war. And that, that's what I'm leaning towards. I'm leaning Gaethje decision. Yeah, I I think I would pick a Gaethje decision as well. Um, You know what? No, I'm not going to say decision. I will pick Gaethje, but I'm going to say second round... Second round knockout. Okay, I'll go with a clean knockout. So, I, mean, I don't know why. I'm just. I feel like something's gonna land and it's just gonna zone so, I mean, Michael Chandler. Both really good wrestlers who just prefer to to to, to bang it out. I would be and surprised if Chandler so, leans a little bit more on the wrestling here because I, I think Gaethje's wrestling, his defensive wrestling, isn't always the the most solid part of his game. I'm gonna beat the legs up. I think if, if he does, I mean, it's gonna be off a caught leg that he gets to take down. Look, I'll say uh, I'll say this though for Gaethje. I mean, he's been training with Kamaru Usman over Trevor Whitman. So if he's got, if he's going to be training uh, takedowns, there's certainly someone there who could really test his takedown defense. No, for sure. So we'll see. For we'll sure. see. But yeah, I, I do feel good about Gaethje actually getting a finish. I'm going to say round two. But I think it's going to be just freaking awesome. Fight, you know, fight of the night. Absolutely. And, to pick anything else, like you're just you're just trying to be contrarian or, or trendy or like get it get something right. Try to be smart. I don't know. And if that's I think happen. I think if Gaethje wins, he fights DC after this. Okay. I think that's what happened. All right. Cause yeah. Because D- Gaethje was very unappreciative of of DC's interview with Makachev. Uh huh. So I think that's the next fight they make. Yeah, yeah. Gaethje against uh, Daniel Cormier. Yeah. Sure. Of course. Yeah. It makes total sense. I I think so. You are a silly man, sir. <laughs> Anyone else you're interested in in uh, on this card? I mean, I know there are, but who's yeah. which ones jump out? Frankie Edgar versus uh, Chito Vera. Oh, yeah. 135 pounds. That's going to be a fun one. That's going to be fun. Uh, and that opens the card, actually. Or the, the pay-per-view, excuse me. I mean, you know, we've seen that guys who have a lot of movement. You know, the kryptonite seems to be light kicks. 
we saw that, you know, Henry Cejudo taking out Don Cruz. And I think that's what Cheeto's, you know, path to victory is the leg kicks here. Okay. But I'm still going to pick Frank Yeager by decision because I can't pick otherwise. I will pick Cheeto Vera by decision. And I think it's because of the reason you said. <laughs> the, I think the leg <laughs> kicks are going to be a little bit of a bugaboo. I think it's going to be hard. Look, Frankie's hard to count out. He uh he got zoned would be by, really by cool. a Corey Sandhagen knee earlier this year, man. <laughs> would, would be really cool if he you know decided to wrestle this one and, would take, be. and take it to the ground. He certainly could. He could do it. Absolutely. To what he did to Cub Swanson. That was. We'll see. I I wouldn't rule. That it was out. years ago, but so. Well, no. I mean, he had two Cub Swanson fights. Well, the the one where he really smashed him in. in oh, the first got, one you're talking got, about. I got think. the late late. Finish. Yeah, the first fight. I think. Um. I don't know. I, it's hard to pick against Frankie, too. Uh, I mean, he's a hard guy to count out, but I will pick Cheeto. I, I do okay. think he's going to get the win. Uh, any Anything else jump out at you, too? Anything you're really looking forward to? Looking forward there's a lot to, here. Yeah, there's a ton. Uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to just because I've never seen him fight. Ian Gary making his UFC debut. I've heard a lot. Very anticipated a Irishman, yeah. We've, we've seen very anticipated Irishmen before come from Cage Warriors, haven't we? <laughs> Is Paddy Pimblett Irish or, or, or English? He's, he's uh, I believe he's a scouser. Liverpool. I don't know what that means. Liverpool. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that's where he's from. Okay. Yeah, he's English. Okay, both UK though. So. Yeah, I mean, well, Ireland is not part of the UK. Don't don't. Are tell you them sure? That. Oh my goodness, dude! Please, Northern Ireland is technically part of the United Kingdom, but man, well, do there not you go. do not tell people from Ireland proper that they're from the UK. <laughs> that's a fight, dude. I don't want to fight anybody. Uh, all right. Uh-huh. Tell Conor McGregor he's part of the British Wait. Empire. But and he you, will hit you. But you just make said, no mistake, he'll hit anybody. I'd have a story. What do you got? I'd have a story that Conor oh, that, McGregor oh, hit oh, me. Oh, you I'd have like, a story, yes. Hey, Conor, you can And potentially a lawsuit. Please just write me a check and I'll go away quietly. <laughs> <laughs> 100,000 K. I'm yeah. not even asking for much. Yeah, no one, will, no one will know a thing about this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just touch money, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I. So I don't want to get into Irish history, but about 100 years ago, it was in fact split. So a portion of Ireland, I think three counties, is technically under uh, Great Britain, UK, which I'm I'm terrible with the distinctions of which is which. But technically, I'm not 100 percent wrong. But he's not from the part of Ireland that's there, dude. Oh, I didn't know what part of Ireland he's from. Well, we would say he's from Northern Ireland. That is the distinction. Like Rory McIlroy is from Rory McIlroy is from Northern Ireland. You would know that he's from Northern Ireland. He's he's an Irishman, but he's from Northern Ireland. Does he wear orange or green on St. Paddy's Day? Does he drink Bushmills or Jameson? I have not been asking these questions, oh. sir. But you know, maybe on Wednesday I will ask him these questions if I, you want. Because I think the uh, among I will not actually do that though. Amongst drinkers, I believe it's Bushmills versus Jameson as far as Irish whiskeys go. And I think one portion of the country drinks Bushmills, the other dr- portion drinks Jameson. I thought they were all united and by Proper Twelve. They might all be on Proper Twelve <laughs> now. Who knows? <laughs> Anyway, At least for the degenerates, like like fight fans, right? <laughs> anyway, and I like Jordan. You hear Williams. that, all you fight fans, you're degenerates. I just called you that. I, I think Jordan kidding. Williams is an interesting matchup there. Okay, he's he's very powerful. So, so. I, I'm looking forward to that one. I, I mean, to make a pick would be disingenuous, but I'll just pick Ian Gary. I think that's the result that the UFC is yeah, looking for. So I mean, I'll pick Gary. Yeah, you, I mean, you typically don't like making picks in fighters debuts too no i hate to do it so, and, I, and look yeah. uh, don't take this one very seriously but and like you know we didn't even go over our picks from last week right right now that we're gonna do that now but but yeah i mean it doesn't matter we just we just say stuff and move yeah. on 
Yep. <laughs> what about you? You got any anything? Oh man, there's a ton, right? There's a ton, dude. I mean, Shane Burgos, who's obviously he's a local kid. He grew up a little bit in the Bronx. He he moved to uh, outside of the city uh, as a child, but I mean, he's still a local guy. Has, has is this his first fight since that really really strange the weird knockout, uh, knockout against Edson Barboza? Yes, yeah, okay. it is. Uh, he had told me in that fight, like he, he didn't like lose consciousness necessary his body kind of just stopped responding which was weird that was yeah i don't strange. know how, i don't know what that means exactly but yeah <laughs> it's it's a kind of a weird situation but he's back um and then you know billy quarantillo this it's almost like they're just saying well one of you's gonna get some brain damage <laughs> I, I i certainly don't wish that upon either man but yeah i mean this is gonna be a wild fight too at 100 this is the potential fight to actually steal fight of the night from okay. gaethje and chandler like if, right. if you're if you're gonna try and pick a trendy one it's gonna be this one all right but uh, I don't know how to pick this one. I Quarantillo has been hard to pick against, so I, I will I will say him by decision. But right. I don't feel good about it. I'm going with Burgos. All right. I mean, we've got we've got a ton here, man. There's there's like we said that one. Ally Quinta and Bobby Green will be a fun one at lightweight. I just want to see him freak out after. No matter what, you have to interview him. No matter if it's a decision. Ally Quinta. Yeah, or even if he loses. Okay. That should be the first interview. <laughs> I mean, that'll be fun. I, I'll real quick. I'll pick. Uh, I acquaint the decision. Um, that Ed, makes sense. Yeah, you got to pick. Not like I acquaint the decision. What about Edmund Shabazian and Nasruddin Imovov at middleweight? One. That's a good one. Edmund, he was brought on kind of quick too, and then Derek Brunson said no, no, sir. He had a shining moment at the Garden though too. He had a quick knockout there a few years back. Okay. So I I could see him uh, two years ago I believe, and and I could see him having having some fun here and maybe getting a finish over him evolve. Let's say round one TKO. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going with Shabazian gets back uh, to knockout. Bam. We mentioned earlier Phil Haas, Bergen County, New Jersey native. I think believe Little Ferry is the town he comes from. Uh, he doesn't live up here anymore i believe he trains in florida but or, or maybe south carolina i can't remember um somewhere south of new jersey and not south jersey uh and he's going against chris curtis this fight was kind of pushed uh pushed back a couple weeks it had to be uh at middleweight i'll pick hoss j- mostly just because he's from bergen county why not because that's, that's where i'm at i'm going phil hoss okay I no, just decision whatever we'll go with that that's and then uh, and <laughs> whatever and then alex Pereira. Coming in uh, from the kickboxing world, one of the best kickboxers in the world, famed for knocking out Israel Adesanya, the middleweight champ. He is making his UFC debut at middleweight against Andreas Mikhailidis. Interesting there, prospect. Ha, um, is there a chance, is he still fighting if, if this guy makes a title contention? I mean, it's something they could fast track if they really wanted to. If he get, okay. if he picks up a couple, maybe two or three victories, some something that's a little bit uh, intriguing... I could see it being fast track. I mean, is anybody else interesting at middleweight for for Zerada Sanya? Well, at least they can Whitaker. sell it after Whitaker. Then yeah, but it's not going to be that quick. We're still talking probably bare minimum a year. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, is, is he still going to be around? Adesanya? Yeah. What else is he going to do? I don't know. I mean, he could act. Like, I don't know. What are you What are you talking about? Is he going to be around? Is he still, or is any is of us going to be around? Gonna, we might st- all be dead, sir. Well, that's just grim. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what, what is he still going to want to fight? Of this I fight? Mean, why not? I I suppose this took a dark turn, sir. Yeah, that's what, true. What is your pick here? I'm gonna go with uh, I forgot his name already. Mikhailidis. Mikhailidis. No, no, the other guy. Pereira. Alex Pereira. Pereira. I'm gonna go with him. I'm actually gonna pick Mikhailidis. All right. I think he's gonna win a decision. I'm Pereira knockout. 
Maybe I'm just contrarian. I don't know. Uh, this one, of course, being in New York, and there's plenty more fights here. I, th- I think top to bottom, we have almost no weak fights here. Jan Vellante is on this card. You that, know, he... that should be uh, <laughs> a war of attrition between these two. Just you know, round. Who, who's his opponent again? I can't remember. Chris Barnett. Chris Barnett. Yeah, that'll be <laughs> just going to be round be wild round one. two of just heavy breathing. On oh God, please no. <laughs> but it will be. You're right. Uh, but yeah, again, this one being in New York. We're going to uh, probably have some of the top judges be brought in. I, I'm going to guess guys like Sal Amato. Eric Colon is a local, so he, he, I imagine he would be there. We see Doug Crosby brought into New York a lot. I kind of don't want him to be. Sorry, but, you know, he <laughs> might be. Uh, maybe maybe uh, even Dave Torelli, who's uh, right in our area as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I imagine we'll get some very good judging, but good quality judges for the most part, for the most part. Now we'll see what we get. Hopefully, hopefully we get a lot of. I mean, we're talking about a lot of decisions when we're making these picks, aren't we? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we are talking a lot of decisions. We'll I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm not too worried, especially for the title fights. That's not the only event we got this weekend, though. It's not. It's actually. I mean, it's completely overshadowing what's going on on Friday night, which is Bellator right. 270, and it has its own title fight going on. It's got uh, was that? Patricky Pitbull is fighting for uh, the belt that his brother uh, abdicated. So it's kind of just a chance for him to pick it up potentially against Peter Queeley. From Ireland. Ireland. Ireland, Ireland. Republic Ireland. of Ireland, sir. He is from Ireland. Republic of Ireland. I'm Irish. I just thought they were part of No, you're country. American. You're, you've got Irish blood in I you. I have Irish blood. That's what I mean. Yeah. 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 What are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? Just like they say in Ireland. <laughs> that's what we say in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, that's what we say in New Jersey. It's yeah. true. Um, but yeah, what do you think of that fight? I mean, does that interest you? or? I mean, yeah, because the, right, the first The Tricky's one... always fun. Queely's actually pretty fun, too. First one was a stop. Uh, stop. They, this is you know fight because of Doctor Stoppage was in the first fight. Doctor Stoppage. <laughs> so you, as another Irishman says, he cut him pretty good, right? I don't know. I'm gonna go. Patricky wins this one. No hard luck on this one. I'll pick Queeley by decision. All right. Yeah, and then of course the, the co-main here, another Irishman, Republic of Ireland, James Gallagher, 135 pounds. Going against Patchy Mix. Patchy Mix has actually pretty, been pretty interesting to watch. He's kind of fun. He is fun. Uh, but I'm going to pick Gallagher here. This is a big. This is a big one for him. I am hoping to see a nice grappling heavy fight. That is that is the hope, and I, I think we could get that potential. Potential, and I'm not saying it's going to do this, but potential for a uh, Miguel Torres, Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson yes. type of fight. That would be too high to expect, but eh, you know what? That'd be fun, right? I would, I'd be down for that. I'm gonna pick Gallagher to win the uh, the decision. Yeah, Oma Plata. Oma Plata, huh? Yeah. Okay. Where is where is Bellator two uh, two seventy going on as well? This is happening in. Give me one second. Are they still international on this one? I believe because they the last few have been international. This one is taking place in Dublin. Like that I makes said. sense. Mm-hmm. That makes. Where sense. is Dublin? That's in Ireland. The the Republic of Ireland. Not part of the UK. No, no, definitely not. Make no mistakes. I apologize. I did not know this. You, sir, have But I wasn't 100% wrong. <laughs> Technically, it's the same island. I'll give you that. Right. <laughs> uh, and then also, I think there was something more interesting on there, too, or something a little bit interesting yeah. on there, right? We got yeah. Fabian Ed- Fabian Edwards, uh, who's the, right. the, is he the older brother or the younger brother? I can't remember, uh, of Leon Edwards. Well, how old's Leon? I don't know. I didn't get him a birthday card. <laughs> well, Fabian is, he's heavier, so... That doesn't mean anything. He's 28. I would imagine he's the younger brother. I oh. believe he might be the younger brother, if that's the case. Not by much. Yeah, age doesn't matter. Kamar Usman's brother's a heavyweight, and he's younger. Maybe he ate more. 
as a child and just grew bigger. Could just been genetics. Sometimes that happens, man. It does happen, isn't it? Like when the little brother's bigger than the big brother, and then you know all the years again picked on by your big brother. I don't know. Neither of us and have then, brothers. What do we know? And then the little brother's like, you know what? I've had enough years, and I'm just gonna buy slam you. Now who's the big brother? That's true. I think that happens often. I have no idea. Like I said, I don't have brothers. Uh, Leon is thirty, so he's he's two yeah, years older. Yeah, that's what so. I thought. My my two uh, boys, uh, they certainly are not like that. Uh, and probably my youngest would be able to body slam my oldest <laughs> right now anyway, because my my oldest is he's just not a very aggressive kid. He's a sweetheart. Uh, his younger brother is also a sweetheart, at least until he doesn't get his way. But that's that's where he gets mad at us. He doesn't he doesn't get mad at his brother that way. So he's not gonna body slam me anytime soon. That'd be funny. I'm apothecus you. You know, he, you know. Funny thing, you say that because uh, my youngest he he likes to get. He likes to kind of wrap his legs around my arm, and it's like he's basically doing an arm bar, but he's never been taught <laughs> what that is or, or that it exists. He just kind of does it, and sometimes I'm like, dude, you got you to gotta listen off. But but I'm stronger than him right now still, so it's, it's okay. So you, you just curl out of it. I More or less, I curl out of it, but it, <laughs> he gets close. He can hit it sometimes, All right. and I don't like it. He's going to be a natural. One, time, one day he's going to hyperextend my arm, and I'm not going to like it. And you're going to tap. And then I'm gonna tap, and, and but he knows we do, we do tap tap tap. We do we play a little tap 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 game where they they put me in submissions and I put them in submissions. Mm -hmm. And you know when I say I put my kids in submissions, there is no pressure applied. Okay, so it's not. Please a understand situation. that no no that's horrible. We're not doing that. Okay, good. But I'll be like, oh, you're in a triangle, and they'll go tap tap tap, and then they'll do something to me, and it's it's never consistent. And they're like, you're in the pretzel, and I'll go tap <laughs> tap 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 tap. <laughs> And they come up with all sorts of silliness. It's, it's a good time. We have a good time. And that does it for this episode of the Couchside Judges. Thanks again for joining us. We'll be back again on Monday to discuss, uh, I would imagine, mainly UFC, maybe if something interesting happens from Bellator. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but enough silliness, of course. We will uh, we'll be returned to a more normal schedule of just one episode a week, I think, right, yeah, for a little while. Yeah, until the numbered events pick up again. There will be one more in December. We'll get to that one. Until then, uh, enjoy the fights and uh, catch you next week. Yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs>